Hi, and welcome back. I'm Amir Sabirovic, and you're tuning in to the next episode of Challenging the Status Quo podcast. With our episodes, we hope to inspire you to take the necessary steps and follow your heart and passion in everything you do. Last week, we had Miriam Boxe, a leadership coach and a change manager, talking about new leadership. Well, I think that the new leadership, so in, in their way of thinking, they seem to connect outside to inside when it comes to company, but also the company, but also connect what's what's needed for the company, connect it with themselves and the impact they can have on um, the worth of people and the results um, within the organization. If you have missed the interview with Miriam Boxer, please tune in to the episode 7 of Challenging the Status Quo podcast. But now, let us introduce our new guest. Good morning to all our listeners around the globe. Today we have a guest who is fighting for a greater cause, his mission to accelerate the transition from oil to plastic to naturally renewable bioplastic. His name is Damir Perkic and he is the founder of BioBottle. Welcome Damir, great to have you on the show. Thank you Amir, it's great to, to be on your show and I'm honored that you asked me, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so, so Damir, uh, we ask all of our guests that come on the show, what is your background story? Where did you grow up? What, what triggered your entrepreneurship and how did you get there where you are right now? Yeah, of course. Uh, let me tell you a bit about it. Um, well, I, we both are from former Yugoslavia. I think uh, that's what our na- name says as well. When, uh, when I was six years old, uh, me and my family moved to the Netherlands. And before that, we lived in uh, former Yugoslavia and especially in, uh, in the region of Bosnia-Herzegovina. And uh, when we came into the Netherlands, um, I studied uh, yeah, Fabio Gymnasium. That's like the highest level in the, in the high school. And after that, I went uh, to do a study in logistics and economics. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in my career life at that point. I'm, I'm really uh, ambitious. I was that at a very young age already. Uh, it was pretty weird because when I was like 12 or 13 years old, I remembered that I woke up the next day and I was dreaming about having an empire. And uh, that's a really strange dream for a child of 12 or 13. Um, but I think... It's more because I saw that uh, my family name wasn't yet uh, known to a lot of people. And that's Perkic, my last name. And I wanted to make sure that everybody remembered that last name because we are quite a special family. But nobody in the family ever was an entrepreneur. Um, And I am the first one in the family. So uh, I was dreaming about those things when I was very young, but I didn't understand the world of entrepreneurship and I didn't even understand the world of business because when I was young, I didn't grow up in a family who, uh, uh, yeah, who could mentor me in those kind of things. So after my studies, I just tried to work for a lot of different companies and a lot of different functions just to learn as much as possible so I could implement it in my own company. And when I was done with my studies, I think I was like 21 years old. First, I was I did a, a trip around the world for half a year. I was traveling 
and that really opened up my eye uh, because of the fact that the world is so connected, you know, and we have a lot of different cultures and languages, but from the inside, we people are very uh, same. We all um, we all have like things that we like, like our family, friends, uh, social status, um, form of uh, luxury. And we like food, we like to dance, we like the music. So we are very similar in a lot of different ways. And that opened up my eyes around the fact that the world is quite a small place and you shouldn't think regionally, but think worldwide. And uh, after that travels, I, I, I came back and in five years time, I worked for five different companies and seven different functions. Um, so if anybody would see my resume right now and I would apply for a job, you would never hire me. <laughs> um, but in, those in, in that time, I could learn a lot from the business life and I was in a lot of different sectors. And in my last function, I became a business development manager for one of the largest uh, pr uh, plastic producers in the world uh, called RPC. And that was quite a unique function uh, because I was, I believe, 25 years old and uh, being 25 in such a great responsibility role is quite unique. Um, I was working on uh, contracts that were worth a couple of millions and at some point it was my task to make sure that we expand our business. And when you get a task like that, you have to learn a lot and talk a lot with your stakeholders. And that's what I did. And the more I talked with my stakeholders and the more I knew about the plastic industry and at some point I saw how, how many challenges we have within the complete plastic industry and we need to really work together on solving these uh, challenges. So I tried to challenge those, uh, oh, I tried to solve these challenges from within the company, you know, because when you have quite a big role, you have a lot of responsibility, then you can make a quite, quite a big impact. And um, just, to, just to get a step back, uh, I, I, I can summarize three big challenges that we have within the plastic industry. And I'll just tell all three of them, not in a chronological way. Um, so every year we produce around about 350 billion kilograms of plastics. And um, only around about 9% of that plastic is recycled. Um, so the most, yeah, the, the, the largest part is, is, is being uh, dumped legally, illegally, or is being uh, burned, and um, that's quite a big thing because if you want to have a circular economy, that's definitely not a way to go. Uh, a second challenge is the fact that every minute that I talked so far, uh, one uh, complete uh, garbage truck full of plastic is dumped in the oceans every minute. And uh, the third one, and that's a challenge that not a lot of people are known uh, of, is the fact that at the moment we use more oil in the complete plastic industry than the aviation industry altogether. 
So we want to fly less, but we use more oil in the plastic industry than than we do in the aviation industry when we're flying. Um, So you can imagine we have a lot of big challenges and we have to drastically change things on a worldwide scale. And I try to uh, challenge the third challenge, and that's the fact that we use oil as a basis for all our plastics. More than 99% of all plastic is still made from fossil oil. But we can we can make it from different materials. And I study these materials. Yeah, of course, I mean. You had a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just wanted to 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 ask you or come back to one question, then you can you can tell me what your vision is. But actually you were set out to build an empire from age of twelve and uh, maybe you can answer that question later on, but I'm quite curious if this was all according to the plan. Did you set up a plan or a route? Or were things just happening organically or you know dynamically throughout your life? Or was it really a choice to get there where you are right now? All right, good question. Good question. Uh, well, it was, it, it's definitely a plan that I want to build a big company where it makes a lot of impact. But to be honest, as a child, I dreamt about an empire. I think it's more because of the financial freedom and the status and things like that, you know. But when I became older, um, I met uh, a girlfriend and we, we were seven years together. And she changed my complete view on the world on a sustainable way. So I, I never was really into sustainability. I was just like, okay, just go on with your life and do what you like and don't think too much about it. But she made me much aware about sustainability and where the condition of the earth is and how we can challenge that and make it better. So she opened up my eyes. And um, so that was quite a a cross path for me. And I started thinking about, okay, I still want to have like a, uh, let's call it an empire, but it's more like a, a big company. Uh, I still want to have a big company, but we have to make a lot of impact as well, make the world a better place and not just earn money, you know? Yeah. And so you're doing it for a greater good. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We want to change the plastic industry for the good. Yeah. So, so, and now coming back, so you want to challenge and that's typically challenging the status quo of the, oil industry or the plastic producing industry uh, can you can you tell us how you're going to do that oh yeah that's a complete strategy that i uh, thought about in the last uh, couple of years uh, so we have to we're going to challenge the industry on three levels one is um, we're going to develop a lot of uh, lifestyle products which are made from different bioplastics and you can make bioplastic from naturally renewable resources like uh, sugar cane, sugar cane, cassava, starch, alga, seaweed, uh, and even more. And we're gonna we developed now the bio bottle that's made from sugar cane. Uh, it's 100 recyclable. It has a lot of different functionalities. It's the most innovative, um, yeah, innovative bottle in the market at the moment. I can assure you that. But we're gonna have we want to have a, like a, a product line 
of a lot of different lifestyle reusable products uh, made from different materials than only sugarcane. And that way we can uh, show our customers that it is possible to make it from different materials than oil uh, in a very cool design with great functionalities. Um, and if we can do it, then everybody can do it. And at the moment we see uh, like our largest competitor is Topper in the market. And um, they, of course, they heard about us. Uh, I don't know what they think about us, but I, I'm definitely sure that they are looking at using bioplastics for their next product as well. You know, so we challenged also our larger competitors to work with these materials. But we want to expand our product line. So maybe in the future, a different company is going to be our competitor. And if we take market from them, they will look at what we're doing differently. And they will see very fast that we are uh, using bioplastics for our products. And that's doing very well because consumers are buying it. And that way, they have to switch to using bioplastics as well because they're going to lose a lot of markets. Does this mean... So that's how we are chat. Yeah. So does this Sorry. mean that you're actually changing the whole view on how we produce packaging materials in general? That's that's the end goal. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, that's the end goal. Uh, but for, for now, we are first challenging... Uh, larger competitors to start using bioplastics as well and if they start using it we'll still have market because our products have a very tight design with very cool functionalities that you don't often see in other products but that is not the only part it's like that's pure products uh, we want to in, in, in x amount of years we want to start our own bio factory as well and our bio materials and biomaterials is more something that we develop our own materials, which we can sell to our customers, but also use for our own products. Because now we have to buy materials from other suppliers. But in the future, we want to look at waste streams that are regionally. And from those waste streams, make bioplastics and use them for our products, but also from our competitors or even other clients. So actually, you're, you want to have end-to-end -end control uh, over your product from, uh, from, from the start, like growing the materials or gathering the materials that are necessary for bioplastics, but also... Uh, enabling the customers of uh, your company to bring back the bottles and actually you will recycle them for them. That's one of the possibilities, but I would prefer recycling in the current waste streams because uh, we have done a life cycle analysis about what if people send our bottle that they use back to us, uh, how much CO2 footprint uh, would you have? And you use more CO2 if you send it back to us than that you just throw it away in your plastic hero. It's like a plastic bag that we use in the Netherlands to collect and recycle your plastics. So we want to make products that can be thrown away in uh, the, the plastic uh, bag. Can you define how success looks like to you? Uh, wow, that's a good question. How do we define success? For me, success is when you have a team of people that all believe in the same mission and all work for the greater good. And when we make milestones, like we planted 
30,000 trees now in the last six months. And when I see what kind of impact we make already in this short time period with the team that we have, that's for me already a big success. Um, but when you're, when you're in this entrepreneurship that we are in as entrepreneurs, then every step that you make, it feels like success. You know, every time that you become better and making more impact, becoming larger, hiring people, making more turnover, expanding, and people are sending you emails, they want to work for you, they believe in your mission, they want to talk to you, they want you in their podcast, they want you to present at some locations, they want you to be, you know, a host. Uh, I think that's all success. That means that you're doing the right thing. And uh, you're being recognized. Yeah, you're being recognized and people believe in you. You get followers, you get, yeah. That, that's for me, success. When you're doing the right thing and people see it and talk about it. So, so the success part, uh, I, I totally uh, agree and can follow on everything you're saying. Actually, you're celebrating each and every step because everything that you and your team are doing, you're actually giving back to Earth and actually all the inhabitants of Earth. Definitely. Um, so, so you're making the nature better. And um, looking to the success, that's one thing, but... Um, if you could advise yourself um, at the start of your career, what would be the thing you wished you knew once you started? Wow, so many things. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the things would be uh, in the beginning of my career, so I was 21 years old, uh, start meditating. Yeah, that, I think that would be uh, the greatest advice. Start, start doing meditation. Uh, pro probably everybody would jump on Google and look meditation, but why? Because it gives you some sort of peace of mind. And when you're having this clarity in your mind, then the creativity starts and then you can uh, figure out what you really want in life and follow your feeling instead of being um always led by emotions and other external factors yeah so actually providing yourself with clarity to think instead of having a chaotic yeah. mind exactly i think a lot of people will need it because if you only look in the netherlands one out of seven people has a burnout uh like one million people are on anti-depression pills i think there's something truly wrong with uh, society as we live in at the moment. But we're no, not looking at the symptoms, we're just putting pills in people and, you know, put them on holiday retreats and stuff like that. But I think there's something fundamenta fundamentally wrong. And I think if you have more clarity in your mind, then you can uh, write about it, then you can think about it, talk about it, and develop yourself to make sure that you're you know, that you're clear and you're happy and doing the right thing. And 
Do you think this has to do with consumption behavior, meaning like we're not satisfied and we do not appreciate what we already have? Yeah, I think that's one of the things. And I think also, yeah, I think when, when we are not that happy, we buy things just to fill up the, that emptiness. Um, and I, if you look at how much things we buy at, at the moment in the world, if you look at Singles Day yesterday on Alibaba, yeah, 38 billion, right? Than, yeah, 38 billion dollars in one day. Does that say that singles are really depressed or not? You know, like what does it say? It's, it's crazy. Why do we spend so much money on things that we don't really need? It's because I think we want to fill in some emptiness that we have. Yeah, I would say, I would quote a quote from my favorite movie, and that is, we work the jobs we hate to buy shit we don't need. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, <laughs> that's a good saying. Yeah. <laughs> I will give you the tip on the movie later on. <laughs> hey, and uh, um, what is your ultimate wish goal? Like, I, I, I understand uh, you have explained it with the, the uh, a large company that has impact that is um, in fuel lines, different products, end-to-end. But what is your ultimate goal? What would you like to achieve? Our ultimate goal is to get rid of all fossil oil in the plastic industry. As one company or in general, the whole supply chain? The whole supply chain. The whole supply chain. And we want to inspire and show that it is possible. And uh, by inspiration, making sure that the consumers demand it. And when consumers start demanding stuff, and the whole market has to change. Yeah, I think that is uh, that is a beautiful goal, and I actually hope that you will achieve it. But somehow, I know you will. Hey, and and looking from successes we have already talked about, um, and your advice on meditation is very valuable. But if you look at yourself in your life, what is your biggest failure? Uh, wow, I think my biggest failure was in the beginning not listening to my feeling. You were not in touch with your emotions. Not listening to what your gut. Yeah, I was, um, well, you know, everything in the beginning where you don't have experience in entrepreneurship, when they are like investors that you never, you never talked with investors before. And then they are like investors calling you and saying, oh, we really believe in your product and your mission and your vision. And, you know, um, then, then you get this feeling or, of, you know, oh, they are, they are investors, they have money, they, uh, they have the experience and they, they believe in me, you know, who am I? Um, and I made, and my feeling, my gut said, don't, uh, don't, don't go and see with those, with these investors uh, because they are not the right fit for you. Maybe they were for someone else, but they were not the right fit for me at that time. And I didn't listen to that feeling. And I went along with these, with, with, with those investors and it didn't really turn out as it should be. I felt that I was working uh, as an employer inside my own company uh, or employee in my own uh, company. And I lost track of where I was heading and, uh, I wasn't the captain of my ship anymore. And uh, if I listened to my gut feeling, I would, yeah, I would, yeah, I would spare myself that. 
And, uh, but I'm happy that it happened because I learned a lot from it and I have no negative feelings to anyone anymore about those things, but it was a uh, very uh, expensive uh, learning moment and it cost me a lot of energy, bad energy, um, and it had some delays in our complete uh, procedure. So if I, if I can summarize, it's when your gut says no and you do not feel right about it, even though all numbers check out, just don't do it. Yeah, don't do it or uh, try to explain and get on paper why your gut is saying it. You know, maybe it's, uh, you don't know what it is, but if, 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 you, if that feeling stays, even the numbers are good and the predictions are good, then don't do it. Just don't do it. There, there has to be something. And if you can't figure it out, just don't do it. Which other sources help you in your way or your journey? Well, definitely my parents. Um, I uh, sometimes have the feeling that they don't really know what I'm doing because they never experienced anything like this. And we don't come from an entrepreneur's family. So everything that I tell is new for them, you know, but they see how hard how hard I work, you know, and how many hours I make. And they try to help me on any level, you know. It we're not that rich, so it's it's not on a financial way, but it is definitely on uh time, uh, energy, emotion, making sure that, you know, there's food for me waiting, uh, making sure that uh I can take their car whenever possible. Uh, then my father drives with their, with his van and, and drive our, drives our uh, exhibition stand to all the exhibitions that we have. Um, so they really help me a lot, always, and they always, re- yeah, they believe in me. And um, so definitely my parents. Um, but next to that, I have uh, advisors and uh, a business coach, and yeah, a lot of people really. Uh, who deeply want me want want me to succeed and try to help me to succeed because I think they believe in me, but they also believe in our vision that we have with the company. I think that is uh, that is the most beautiful thing that your parents are supporting you in all the means they can, even though they do not fully understand the the broad of the business, as you said. Uh, but I believe this this is fundamental thing for anybody uh, young of age as you are who is an entrepreneur to have these kind of support. Uh, it's beautiful. It is. It definitely is. So I'm going to pay them back later on, and I'm just trying to be humble and stay be be thankful for whatever they're doing at the moment. Hey, and and what inspires you on your journey? Uh, is it a, a person or um, whatever whatever fits your description of inspiration what inspires me is Elon Musk um, I really look up to him and what he's doing at the moment what he's been doing for the last two decades I believe uh, he's really he's, he's, he's literally changing the world in a lot of different sectors on a worldwide scale. And that's really, really, really hard. But I believe there's like a, there's some sort of business model behind that. And I read this book from Peter Thiel 
It's called Zero to One. And when I finished the book, and every time I looked in the news, something regarding Tesla or SpaceX, I can I could I can just see what I read in the book. I can see it in the news. You know, it's like a copy. And uh, I believe what what he's doing is like on a, on a crazy worldwide scale, changing industries and making it so attractive for the hardcore engineers to work for him because they get the freedom that they want to explore, to do new things, you know, to change ways on a radical way. And it inspires me for my business as well. And that's why I believe that we can do similar things, but we can do it within the plastic industry and maybe later on in other industries as well. So that's my inspiration. That's great inspiration. And uh, I, I can imagine why he inspires you. And uh, uh, thank you for that explanation. And what are you curious about right now? Um, I'm curious how fast we can grow as a company and how fast we can make impact and um, what kind of people we're going to hire because we're hiring now. Uh, we're making a team, really a team of people with the right skills to make sure that we can go really fast and uh, make a lot of impact on a worldwide scale. So I'm really curious how 2020 will look like. That's uh, that's great curiosity. And maybe you can name the roles that you're looking for at the end of the podcast and the listeners can maybe help you out or point people in your direction. Is, is there something that I should have asked, but I didn't? Uh, yeah, like... A mentor is something that's really important as well. So depending on in which kind of sector you're working or what kind of work you're doing, maybe you're like a consultant, maybe you're like a speaker, maybe you're like a, a coach, but there's always someone who's better than you and someone who already did everything before you did it and try to get in contact with that person and ask him or her to mentor you. And I think that's very valuable and that way you can go much faster. So on mentorship and, and if you would summarize, so uh, everything next to mentorship, what is your key takeaway you want to share with our audience? Uh, follow your guts, take a mentor, uh, have a role model, follow him or her and what she or he is doing and build a team uh, and sharing is caring so if you have to share some of your uh, stock of uh, your uh, stocks then you have to yeah, just do it because it will bring you much further uh, and believe in yourself you know sometimes you have like really rough periods that you think why did i start this and you'll see one week later or two weeks later it can be a complete other way around and then you get a lot of different uh, new orders or uh, get like very inspirational uh, talks with people and then you think to yourself okay i'm doing the right thing but just keep on going you know never give up that's my that's my yeah that's my advice never give up if you really believe in it that is a great takeaway. Hey, and would you like to say if we, which kind of people you're looking for right now? We are looking for a business developer who can help us expand our business. 
in uh, several countries and uh, who has uh, yeah, some experience in the promotional gift uh, sector as well. That's uh, one of the things. And the other one, I will not yet tell, but please follow our uh, social channels and you'll figure it out very fast. Okay, that's 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 great, Damir. Uh, I will also place the link uh, towards your uh, uh, website on the podcast so people can follow you and all your social media accounts as well. So I would really like to thank you also uh, for our listeners for this inspirational uh, talk. Um, so guys, please follow Bio Bottle on all social media channels. And Damir, thank you very much for your time and efforts. Yeah, you're welcome, Amir, and thank you for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure, and I hope I inspired uh, people uh, that are listening. You surely did. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. This was the eighth episode of Challenging the Status Quo with Damir Perkic, the CEO of BioBottle. Tune in next week to hear the interview with Masha Moy, the author of the book Bye Bye Burnout and an organizational consultant that advises organization how to recognize and handle burnouts timely. Well, I did my job with no passion at all. I went to my, I went to the office, I had my, what you say, the perks, the lease card, the new iPhone, the, the, the best laptop that money can buy, I had it all. The designer outfits, the, of course, the shoes in the bag. Um, but money is just something And the cliche is there, money doesn't buy you happiness. Are you wondering how the rest of this interview goes? Tune in next week and hear the full story. Until then, thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Amir Sabirovic, and I wish you an awesome week.